replied and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after growing old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I have said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes or from where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know, and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world may be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world. And people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. You may be seated. My favorite thing about this chapter of John is that, that allusion to the story of Moses and the snake. If you've never read it, it's in Numbers 21. It is fantastic drama. You should read it. But I told myself I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about something different. So I'm going to make a bold confession in front of you. I do not want to perish. Do you? Anybody? I mean, just the thought of that word, I have seen cheese perish in my refrigerator. <laughs> Nor do I want to be destroyed. Anybody? I'm not interested in, interested in falling into ruin of my own doing. And I do not want to be subject to death. These things, I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, are true. And I sense that you would join me in that. 
But this is the wage of sin, Paul tells us. Paul says that for the one who works, wages are due. The wages, the payment for the work of sin is death. Perishing and destruction. And Jesus wants Nicodemus to see what God is doing to stop payment. Forced to be honest. I would admit that I have laid up plenty of earned death in my 53 years. Paul says if we say we're not a sinner, we lie and the truth is not in us. So I'm not going to do that. You guys remember Christmas clubs that the banks used to have? I don't know if they still have them or not. The parents and grandparents would go down to the bank, open up a Christmas club and deposit a certain amount of money every time they got paid. And it was almost like layaway at Walmart, just different. You had to go get the money and then go buy your Christmas presents. Remember those? I almost want to say that I have a sort of inverse Christmas club laid up at the bank of judgment. An inverse Christmas club of things that I've done to harm myself or harm others. Ways that I have not served others. Ways I've turned a blind eye to the need of others. Ways that I have laid up for myself judgment and perishing and death on the day of judgment. My account is full. So I thought I would tell you today that John 3.16 has not yet been reduced to a t-shirt slogan or a fancy NFL game poster for me. For me, they are the greatest promise of life I know. They are the words of hope, the words of life that fill this whole gospel of John. The wage of sin is death. Death is what I have earned. But John 3.16 has good news for me because I am a whosoever believeth in Him. I am a those who believe. So if you hear me quote John 3.16, please know I'm not just trying to sound religious. It is my only hope. It is a hope that colors my whole life. I think about it regularly. Because I was dead in sin and now I have been given new birth through Christ. The gift of eternal life through faith in Christ Jesus. I will not go out like a smoldering hunk of cheese. John 3.16 is the good news of God's great and merciful act of giving the Son so that we can receive the gift of new birth and eternal life so that we, dear ones, can be born again. If we are born again through faith in Christ, who is lifted before us in His crucifixion and resurrection, God stops payment on the wage that we have earned and gives us instead the free gift of life. Life without end. Life that is beyond any idea of quality or quantity. 
It is life in Christ Himself. It is life beyond the reach and grasp of death. But this does not mean that we will not face judgment. But it means exactly what Paul says in Romans 8. There is no condemnation for those who were in Christ Jesus. We still have earned perishing. But because God is good, we have been given life. Payment has been stopped. Nicodemus comes to Jesus presumably because he has seen the signs that Jesus was doing. That's why John tells us in the preceding paragraph that they saw the signs that he was doing and many of them believed. And so Nicodemus comes and says, we've seen the things that you're doing. You must be from God or God must be with you. But he comes in the dark. Because he doesn't want to be seen talking with Jesus. Maybe he doesn't want to fear the flare of anger from the Pharisees or the Sanhedrin that we will later learn he was part of, the Jewish ruling council, who would surely excommunicate him, kick him out of the synagogue if they saw him hanging out with this Jesus. Jesus is showing Nicodemus that we all must pass from that. He's coaxing him into the light. He's showing him that we all must pass from that darkness that we hide in because of sin and death and move into the eternal light of Christ. Take a step. Come closer, Nicodemus. See me for who I am. Be born. Born from above. Given new birth by God through faith in me. And you will see the things I am doing as the kingdom of God. He's using the analogy of a baby in the womb that though it has eyes, it can't see. Though it has ears, it can't hear. Exactly the same as it will when it passes into the light of life. And he's saying to Nicodemus, come on out of the dark. It's a simple two steps. And trust me. And you will have new birth through the Spirit. That can't be explained because it blows where it will and gives life to who it will. And so the question has to be asked, what is this new birth that Jesus is coaxing Nicodemus with? And likewise, how are we to be born anew in Christ? How do we get this new birth? New birth is the reversal of our loss of the life and grace and glory of God. I'll share with you a passage from a sermon that originated in the 1740s, the hand of the Reverend John Wesley. The language would be a little awkward, but hang on. Wesley writes, 
The new birth is that great change which God works in the soul when he brings it into life, when he raises it from death of sin to the life of righteousness. It is the change wrought in the whole soul by the Almighty Spirit of God when it is created anew in Jesus Christ, when it is renewed after the image of God in righteousness and true holiness, when the love of the world is changed into the love of God, pride into humility, passion into meekness, hatred, envy, malice into sincere, tender, disinterested love for all mankind. In a word, it is that change whereby the earthly, sensual, devilish mind is turned into the mind which was in Christ. This is the nature of the new birth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And there are effects of that new birth, he says in this same sermon. We see the light of God and the glory of God in the person of Jesus. We hear assurance of our own faith through our own opened ears that allow us to hear that Christ died for us, even us. We hear the assurance that our sins are forgiven, that the payment that we have earned has been stopped. We feel the work of the Holy Spirit in our own heart, pouring the love of God into us. We are conscious of a peace that passes understanding. We feel that the Holy Spirit is conforming us to the image of Christ as we see ourselves learning to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. We feel joy in God. We feel the love of God poured into us in greater and greater amounts, we increase in our knowledge of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God that comes through faith in Him to our own perishing heart. Grace is descending into our hearts and prayer and praise begin to go out from us for the goodness and mercy of God. This is what a life born in you looks like. And John 3.16 is the key to understanding how we receive that gift of new birth. We receive it through faith alone. By trusting Jesus and allowing Him to midwife us into new life. To pull us from the womb of death. He invites us to put our trust in Him and live. Especially if you're like me and you don't want to perish. You have no interest in feeling dead in this world. You have no interest in having a dead soul and a dead heart. And you want the love of God to be known through you. And you want to see others with the love of God. This is the new birth. It is God's promise for you. In your bulletin, on the insert, in a red box, 
There's another excerpt of this sermon where Wesley tells us how to get it if we don't have it. You might say, well, I've been baptized. And he said, yeah, but do you have these signs of the new birth in your life? Dear ones, if what I read to you sounded foreign to your thoughts, if you've never experienced the love of God in you or had a sense that God was working in you to renew you in love, or had a sense even that your sins are forgiven, then dear ones, this box is for you. A prayer for you to pray this morning as we come to Jesus' table to receive the grace that we need for new birth. Wesley says, if you don't have it, then ask. This box, dear ones, tells you how to ask. I invite you as we are all coming to this table today to read this. And allow the Holy Spirit to confirm your new birth in Christ. Or to confirm that you need to ask. And if you ask, dear one, you will be heard. And if you ask, Payment will be stopped. And there will no longer be condemnation for you. But only life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.